Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. I'm very excited about today's show, folks, because we're celebrating the 70th, I can't believe this, the 70th anniversary of Casablanca, and because joining the festivities will be Tom Barnes, author of Casablanca Film Trivia, Here's Looking at You, Kid, and film historian James Colt Harrison, and award-winning blogger Fausto Rodriguez-Wirtz. Before bringing our guests on, I want to mention that tomorrow, Wednesday, March 21st, movie audiences in select theaters nationwide will also be able to participate in the Casablanca 70th anniversary by watching this classic Hollywood love story on the big screen thanks to a stunning digital presentation by Fathom Events, Turner Classic Movies, and Warner Home Video. The event includes an introduction by Robert Osborne, who will discuss Casablanca's enduring legacy and reveal some of its fascinating behind-the-scenes stories. As most movies know, movie fans know already, Casablanca starred Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Paul Henry, and Claude Rains. And it uh, has become one of the most popular romantic films in the history of cinema. In fact, it won three Academy Awards in 1944, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. So if you would like to see Casablanca on the big screen tomorrow, tickets are available at those participating theater box offices and online at www.fathomevents.com, and that's F-A-T-H-O-M, fathomevents.com. I also want to mention that our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, is with us today, and she's doing our chat wrangling, and I just want to call on her and ask if everything is ready in the, in the chat room, uh, ready for uh, listeners to sign in. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Betty Jo. Is everything all set in the chat? We're ready to go. We're ready to go. I always love this show, even though I've never seen the movie. I know. Don't be hating. If it was on Netflix, I'd watch it. But um, I love this show because I feel like I've seen it after you guys talk about it. So this is exciting. Oh, well, we're we're so glad that, that you're here today. And uh, also, we're we're very happy that... Uh, we have listeners that are signing up for the for the chat, and um, I do want to mention, as I was talking uh, to our guests before the show started, this is the first time we scheduled a show, and there were nine people who said they liked the show even before it went on the air. So we're real happy about <laughs> that. We know we have some Casablanca fans out there. Now let's welcome back to the show three of our favorite guests, ladies first, of course. Fausta is an avid Casablanca fan, and her blog, 
titled simply Fausta's Blog, is also one of my favorites. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do so. Fausta, do you remember the first time you saw Casablanca and what your initial reaction was? The first time I saw it, I was living in Puerto Rico at my parents' house, and they played it late night, and it was dubbed. And Humphrey Bogart did not sound the way Humphrey Bogart should sound. <laughs> so you didn't have... <laughs> was he speaking in Spanish? Yes, they dubbed him into Spanish, and the guy who had who used to do the Humphrey Bogart voice just didn't sound right. You know, the, the, the timbre of a voice makes a big difference with an actor. Oh, it does. So, you know, once I lived in the U.S. and I saw it, it was such an improvement. And I did get to see it in a in a big screen because the, when I saw it and at the, um, it, once I moved to the U.S., it was at a college event that they played it in a in the in this little movie theater they had at the University of Georgia. And it was fantastic. I've been in love with it ever since. Oh, I, I, I know the feeling. And I, I heard uh, our film historian, uh, James Colt Harrison, uh, reacting there to what, to what you said. And I bet he remembers uh, that. I bet he remembers where he first saw Casablanca, too. Am I right about that, James? Well, you certainly are. I do remember the first time I saw Casablanca. And I was attending the University of California up in Berkeley. And uh, every year they would bring Casablanca back. And when I first started up there, I went to see it. And I had never seen it before. So I saw it on a big screen, which is great. And I was just fascinated with it because I thought the performances of uh, Claude Rains and Humphrey Bogart and all the, the other little people in the movie who were so marvelous. I mean, the casting was terrific. And I just fell in love with it. And, I, and at that time, I was only like 18, and uh, I just, uh, you know, oh, I was already a movie fan, of course, but um, I just couldn't believe how wonderful that movie was. It was just so romantic and interesting and exciting and just a delicious movie. What can I say? Everybody loves it. Well, James, my reaction was a little bit different, but I saw Casablanca when it was first released, and I was too young to appreciate it. Oh, but yeah. when I saw it um, later on TV as an adult, wow, it really got to me. And, in fact, I even cried at the end, and I, I hardly ever cry in a movie. <laughs> but but Tom, he's the real ex expert on Casablanca, and I had so much fun reading his book and trying to answer those I think he had over a thousand questions that he included. So, so Tom, um, we'd like to know when you first became interested in Casablanca. You know, the first conscious time I remember seeing it was when I was about 13 in 1957. Uh, baseball season was over, and a friend of mine and I stayed up the whole month of August watching old movies on television. Uh, we'd watch them from about midnight till four in the morning because. <laughs> We were just kind of, and, and I remember seeing it then. I'm sure I might have seen it earlier in my life, but I'm not conscious of it. But anyway, I especially liked the exotic setting and the World War II backdrop. And even though maybe it wasn't as kind of an action movie that I was, you know, 13-year-olds tend to gravitate to, I still enjoyed the film, and especially because of the setting in the World War II. Of course, over the years as I watched the film, I became more interested in the romantic love triangle and other aspects of the film. And I've seen the film 
probably, it's hard for me to guess, but three or 400 times. Oh, now, part cool. of the reason for that is for 25 years uh, of my teaching career, I would show the film to my classes. So that has a lot to do with the number of times that I've seen the film. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I and then you you really were primed to do your your wonderful book, which I'm so glad that you did. I And I wanted to give you a chance to tell our listeners what's the most important thing you'd like them to know about uh, your book and where and where they can obtain uh, a copy. Because if you're a Casablanca fan, um, I think this is a, a must-read read for you. So um, what would yeah, you my like? Book is Casablanca Film Trivia. Here's looking at you, kid. And you can type that into Google. Or you can just go directly to my website, which basically is CasablancaTrivia.com. Or if you type in CasablancaTrivia.com in Google, it'll take you to my website. And my website has a lot of information about the film. It has a long interview with me. It has other things on it, but it also has an order form. And you can you know, pay by credit card or PayPal or whatever, and then uh, and then I'll just uh, I'll get the email and I'll directly uh, mail you the mail you the book. The book is a, a, as Betty Jo said has 1,130 questions. It also has more than 100 factoids, which are kind of like interesting little tidbits of information about the film. Some of which you may know, some which you may not. And then the uh, 1,130 questions all have the answers to them, uh, and it's divided into 33 chapters. So I have a, you know, kind of broken the film down in terms of script and settings and script and lines and geography. Even I have a chapter on the drinks in Casablanca, which there are many. And each one of these chapters has 30 questions. So uh, anyway, uh, that's how you can get in touch with me to get the book. And I usually mail it out the same day that I get uh, the request. Oh, I I hope that uh, people who are fans of the movie will take you up on uh going to the, going to your side and ordering 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 the book. I I think there's no better way to honor Casablanca than a book of trivia about all aspects of the film and that's definitely what uh, Tom's book is uh, is all about. So thank you Tom for all the hard work you you put into this film. Did you ever get the board game, the Casablanca uh, board game? Uh, you know, way. the board game has kind of been stalled. Like I told you, there's there's issues regarding, uh, you know, getting the rights to, to the visuals and, and what have you. That's kind of a complicated issue. And, uh, you know, I'm just a small self-publisher. So the board game, I still have the prototype, and but I, I have never really uh, got to the point of moving into production on the board game. But, oh, but it I, could be a great board game. I I think that you would do well. I hope you're I hope you're able to get the uh, get all of the paperwork done so that so that you can you can do that. Um, well, let's go back to Fausta now. Fausta, um, I know you're an avid Casablanca fan, and I'm wondering why do you think this film has become uh, so be- beloved all over the world, even if Humphrey Bogart speaks in Spanish. <laughs> Um, I think one of the very different reasons why this movie has been such a success is that it is an uplifting movie without a happy ending. Ah, that's I never interesting. Thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I never thought about that, but but that is right. You 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 are uplifted when you watch it, but it but it, you're right. It didn't have a happy ending, and that's why I was crying the first time that I 
that I saw it. So that makes sense to me. James, do you agree with that analysis that Fausta just gave us? Well, I thought that was a a, a wonderful thing to say. Yes, uh, I'm a pussycat. I cry at everything in movies. So. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, it, it's so funny because the ending is sad, and yet it is uplifting because uh, the the bonding friendship between uh, Humphrey Bogart and Claude Rains. So it was sad that that he lost Ingrid Bergman, but on the other hand, he he gained a friend in Claude Rains. So it was. Down and it was up at the same time, not the ending. Right, you know, right. uh, the, one of the ironic things about the film was they sent it a uh, preview audience watched it, and it wasn't too well received, and they even thought of changing the ending. But because Ingrid Bergman had cut her hair for the role of Maria in as uh, for whom the bell tolls, that they uh, they 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 uh, quickly scuttled that idea, and you know, in the end. Uh, you know, there was a talk of having two different endings and deciding whether to have uh, the other ending or not. But this one worked so well that they just said, no, this is the, the perfect ending, and they, they they went in that direction. Um, well, I'm glad they didn't change it. And, and do you agree with uh, with Fausta and, and James about why, why the film is so popular? Do you have other uh, yeah. things you'd like to add to that, Tom? Well, I think that's really nice insight there about the, the the that. I think one of the things about the film is its appeal is universal. Uh, the highbrow critics to the common man both can love the film. A lot of films, the critics like it. The highbrow critics like Citizen Kane, but it's not. It doesn't have the appeal to the common man. And then sometimes a film like Gone with the Wind, the common man likes it, but the critics have not been too kind to it. But anyway, uh, Humberto Eco has said that Casablanca represents, as he says, quote, the movies. And what other film combines things like drama, melodrama, comedy, tragedy, a morality play, romance, costume drama, and exotic locations and characters as Casablanca does? So it just kind of represents the best of all the movies. And that's Wow. That's, I see it. That definitely says says it all. I kind of I kind of agree. Uh, it does have everything that you could want in in a movie, except uh, uh, except singing and dancing. Well, it does have some singing. We'll talk about that later. Oh, there is, we'll yeah, about, there is singing in it. That's right. I want to see Casablanca the musical. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hugh Jackman could be in it somewhere. I mean, we'll, oh, we'll yes, make sure yes. he gets in there somewhere. But Hugh while Jackson, you have yes. the floor, Tom, uh, which performances in Casablanca impressed you the most? Uh, but, they, you know, they were also uh, great. But do you have any any favorite performances? You know, if you think about it, uh, he only has about six minutes of screen time. But Sidney Greenstreet's Ferrari, you know, the malevolent oh. owner of the Blue Parrot, and, and one of my favorite lines, and the leader of all illegal activities in Casablanca, which makes him an influential and respected man. I think that he does more with that six minutes than almost any character does in almost any film. It's not a lot of screen time, but he shows up at various times, and, and he just it's such a wonderful portrayal. And you can almost say the same about Peter Lorre's Ugarte. He has about the same amount of screen time, but his is much more contra- uh, concentrated. Uh-huh. And his memorable role is completed in only four days of shooting. So if you think about that, he did that all in four days of shooting. But obviously to me, the greatest performance is Claude Rains's, uh Captain Renault. He oh, was nominated for yeah. Best uh, Supporting Actor, 
but his, him not winning is considered the greatest injustice in the history of the Academy Award because that character is one who makes, he's like the catalyst for the film and the other characters play off of him. And even though he's only a, you know, a supporting actor, his role is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I agree on, on that. Um, that was that was definitely uh, an in, a great injustice for Claude Rains not to be not to be given the Oscar for that uh, performance. And I, I really like the performances you you mentioned there, James. Uh, you mentioned that that's what uh, drew you in the most with that movie, the the great performances. Which which were your favorites? Well, I I would have to say the same as Tom. Uh, Peter Lorre, of course, not only in this film, but in all the films he made, he was one of those that uh, just stole the scene whenever he was in it. And, of course, my absolute favorite is Claude Rains. He he was given some of the best lines of any film ever made. Right. And and, uh, his performance was funny, and it was dramatic, and he was just, I mean, you, you just couldn't take your eyes off of him. And I'm sure that a lot of the other actors didn't like to appear in scenes with him because nobody would look at them, you know, when he was on. But <laughs> yeah, he had that. Uh, you, you were just drawn, drawn to uh, oh, whatever yes. character he and, played. And also, uh, uh, the, the the man who used to be called Cuddles, S. C. Zakal, mm-hmm. was was good in that. He, he he was one of the refugees, and uh, well, and all there were so many other small parts of actors that we really don't remember their names today, but uh, I'm sure Tom knows them. But <laughs> Well, I actually have a whole chapter on the minor characters. Oh, good. And, Great. and so I do think they need to get more credit because they were, even though the roles were so small, some of them, they were very memorable. The pickpocket comes to mind, you know, and his, yes, yes, yes. his favorite, uh, you know, his famous line there. Uh, where he, you know, warns people as he's picking their pocket, you know, beware, beware, vultures everywhere, and yet undoing the picking the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that scene. And, you know, it's hard to pick favorites among such a great uh, cast, isn't it? But, Fausta, do you, uh, do you want to chime in on this about who do you think gave the best performance in the film? I am shocked, shocked that there is gambling in this establishment. <laughs> I love Claude Rains. <laughs> Claude Rains, I think, made uh, Now Voyager in the same year, and he was such a, a, a terrific actor. Just uh, and Captain Renault is the man. I mean, you know, there there are a lot of good lines there too, you know. But Captain Renault was a, a really good character. So he's my favorite actor. Of course, I adore Humphrey Bogart. I, you know, I think Sabrina with Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn is the next best thing after Casablanca, you know, a few steps down, but still, mm-hmm. but um, Claude Rains. Well, that's, that's, that seems to be uh, pretty much the, the majority choice than Claude Rains, and uh, I think that's a good choice, but... I I just absolutely loved. Uh, is it Dooley? Is it Dooley Wilson? Am I saying that right? Dooley Wilson. Yes. Yes, I really I really liked his performance. And then I I'll have to go with Ingrid Ingrid Bergman. She just seemed to put her whole heart and soul into bringing Il- Ilsa 
to life on the big screen. And that's why I found it really hard to understand why she wasn't pleased with this uh, this role when when she took it. Tom, wasn't there some problem with Bergman uh, playing Ilsa? Yeah, the problem, uh, it, it stemmed from Bogart's marriage was falling apart, and his wife was extremely jealous. So Bogart, Bogart was very restrained in, in playing the role with Ilsa, and that's why Bergman said, I kissed him, but I did not know him. Uh, but yet, the, even despite those restraints, and of course later the marriage will fall apart when when he makes uh, to have and have not, and he falls in love with Lauren Bacall. But there was a fear that uh, you know that there might be something going on with him and Bergman, so he really kept himself under wraps. Uh, oh. But they're actually carrying out a May-December romance in the sense that he's 43 when the film is made, and she is 26. But they're able to make it believable on film, so it's not really seen as an older man, younger woman type of relationship. No. She actually plays, she plays older, and he plays younger, especially in the Paris flashback scene. And mm -hmm. uh, by oh, today's okay. standards, the film is you know rather chaste in the sex department, but the romance is so overpowering that it erases all of that. And most yeah. of Bergman's role. She doesn't get the great lines, but she has to do it, you know, through her physical nature in the role when she puts her head on his her head on his shoulder, and you know, there's just little uh, things that she has to do by looking, just the look that she gives, and and that that really makes that role, and it shows you what a superior actress she is. So even though the role wasn't a written role in terms of the, a tour de force in terms of uh, words that she had to say. She's able to make the most out of the role. So in that respect, I think, uh, Betty Jo, you're absolutely correct. Her her role becomes very memorable. Yes, and she, uh, and she was not um, so much interested in doing this part because she was really more interested in uh, doing, as you mentioned, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And it's I I think it's ironic that when when we think of Ingrid Bergman, probably the first movie we think of is uh, Casablanca, and we don't really think too much about For Whom the Bell Tolls. So we just never can tell how things are going to turn out. But I'm I'm certainly glad she did uh, play the role. And you you started to talk a little bit about the chemistry between uh, Bergman and Bogart in the in the film. Uh, but I'd like to hear your opinion, Fausta, on that. Uh, how do you think they looked together or played together in this movie? Did you feel the chemistry between them? I love the chemistry between them because it could have been overplayed or played too detached. So... They, the two of them found the right balance to project a great deal of passion, true love, and at the same time, not a, um, how can I put it, heartbreak without overpowering, you know, or overdoing the the emotion. So I thought it it, it was a, a fantastic chemistry. And the two of them together, you know, you can, even when they have such a fantastic cast of actors with them, the two of them are done just right. And also, if I remember correctly, her clothes 
tend to match his clothes. When she's wearing black and white, he's wearing black and white. Hmm. When, we're, when they're in suits in Paris, they're, they're similarly dressed. I mean, it, it is just, uh, I loved everything about this movie. Yeah, I mean, you really you noticed the details, and that was an excellent description. Would you add anything to that, Jane? Well, you know, after you've watched it the first 70 times, you start noticing. <laughs> right. I, think, I think you're right. <laughs> James, any, yeah. anything to add to that? Uh, well, yeah, I, I thought uh, maybe the attraction was because he was a little standoffish, and you know when you when you are not re- readily available, you always want it. You know it's not there for you to just take. But he's a little difficult to get a hold of. But uh, he, of course, uh, I never thought of him as a handsome man. But my God, he was sexy. And uh, if I had been a woman at that time, I'm sure I would have gone for him too. Oh, well, I'm sure you would too. <laughs> a lot of a lot of men would too, probably, if they were. Well, what about you, Tom? Anything to add to the the rapport between Bogart and uh, and uh, Bergman in in this film? Just let me add a little uh, trivia here. It was the first Yay. all all cotton film, so all of Ingrid Bergman's clothes were cotton. They weren't wool and and uh, and uh, uh, you know the other kinds of fabrics that were that were popular at the time so everything she wore was uh, made out of cotton because of wartime restrictions uh, and, and oh. that had to be that that way and then there were uh but in terms of the actual uh relationship between the two I think that that uh it has has been said is that the fact that he was a bit standoffish actually uh, contributed to this and contributed to the the true romance that existed between them in the film um but uh anyway uh it, it's uh this film made Bogart a romantic leading uh, star he had not been up to na- uh, up to this he had never played this type of role and so right. it was a bit of a stretch and originally they talked about George you know a lot of people for the role but uh uh George Raft was one and 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 he had been kind of the star at uh, Warner Brothers and mm-hmm. Bogart will replace him as a big star with this film well, they they were perfect. I mean, together in this film, I I just fascinated watching them every time that I watched uh, Casablanca, and it was just kind of a, a low key sizzle that was going on, and almost as much uh, chemistry together as Bogey and uh, Bacall. And uh, it, here's a question: this is this is one that's probably the hardest one to answer. I'm curious to find out um, what your favorite scene is in Casablanca. So why don't you go first on this, Tom? Okay. I mean, there's memorable scenes that we all identify with, like the certainly the, the, the tarmac scene and the singing of the Marseillaise. But my favorite scene is actually one that's overlooked. And it's when Louis and Rick are sitting outside the cafe as the planes come in in Rick's character is revealing for the first time aspects about the character, and there's banter between them, including my favorite line from the film when Rick tells Louis that he has come to Casablanca for his health, for the water. Yeah. And then Louis incredulously asks, what waters were in the desert? And Rick's reply is, I was misinformed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's 
there's there's other <laughs> aspects of this. Uh, you know, I thought you came because you killed a man, and he gives these various things. But the interplay between them and this outside ca- the the scene outside the cafe to me is incredible acting, and uh, and it really sets up the characters, the two characters for the film. Yes, that's, that's not one that people usually pick. No, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm really I'm really surprised at at that. But there are so many great scenes; it it really is hard to choose. James, do you have a favorite Casablanca scene? Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. It's so hard to choose, but uh, I liked the scene at, at the end of the film uh, uh, when the when the Nazi uh, was uh, uh, holding him up and. Uh, Claude Rains comes in and, and says, round up the usual suspects. That was a good scene. And, of course, that's the name of my friend's book, Round Up the Usual Suspects by Al Jean Harmetz. It's a wonderful book. I'm sure Tom's book is great, but get this one, too. If it's not available in the bookstore, go to the library. It's a wonderful book. And uh, the other scene, uh, my favorite, is the one that Fausta mentioned was I'm shocked, shocked that gambling is going on in this establishment, and then they hand him his winnings. I just thought that was hysterically funny, and I, I always <laughs> loved that scene. It did have some, yeah. some uh, humor humor in this movie, oh, too, with Claude Rains' character. And, and Fausta, is that your your favorite scene, or was 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 there some, some other scene that you'd like to mention? Oh, I like, well, I like everything. Uh, I like the ones in Paris, the shock, shock. But I particularly like the, if you played it for her, you can play it for me at the piano. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I like the way you think, Fausta. That's that's my favorite, too. And yeah. you've uh, used a couple of the, well, we've, we've tossed around these quotes. I mean, this movie the dialogue in this movie and i think that this this movie was actually being written as it was being filmed i mean i don't think they had a complete you know script that was approved and so here we have all the quotes i mean more more dialogue that's quoted more favorite quotes uh that are just that have just lasted probably in casablanca than in any other film and uh, so, which which one is your favorite? You did about the I'm shocked, absolutely shocked, <laughs> and we've had round up the usual suspects, and I've been misinformed. Uh, any others that you'd like to add, Fausta? Well, it, I think the 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 Paris scene between um, Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart was really very nice, and I also like. Um, when they get together in Casablanca and he finds out what the what the story is with her but i still like the piano oh <laughs> uh, yeah that is that is just that's beautiful i, and, I uh, haunting that just that scene just uh, haunts me james do you have a favorite quote why this is such a good movie that we all have Dozens of, if, if not more, dozens of scenes that we can all like that don't hinge on just one character or just right. one line. Right. Well, James, is the round up the usual suspect your favorite quote? Uh, well, gosh, I you know I can't say which one is my favorite because I love all. I thought the. I thought the dialogue that the uh, the twin what were their names Epstein and. Uh, 
that wrote the script, and uh, they wrote so many memorable lines. And I suppose I like round up the usual suspects because it has become almost a uh, iconic saying even today for other situations. You know, round up the usual suspects if That's there's right. you know a crime going on or something. You know, it's it's just become part of our vocabulary. That that's a good point, Tom. Um, is is you had said uh, I'm misinformed? Is that your is that uh, your favorite quote? Yeah, that's actually that's actually my favorite line. That's not considered one of the top lines. The American Film Institute's poll of the top 100 movie lines of all time ranked Casablanca first with six entries, and no other film had more than three. Wow! That shows you. And the one that we identified with the most today because it's become the most popular day, wasn't even listed as one of those six. And that's I am shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on. Again. <laughs> yeah. And that one wasn't even listed. But, you know, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And that closing line was added by Hal Wallace. Of course, play it again, Sam, as time goes by, or play it, Sam. The again was never said. But round up the usual suspects, of course, we'll always have Paris and then... Uh, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Yeah, but, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 because I used it as my subtitle of my book, Casablanca Film Trivia, I have to choose, uh, here's looking at you, kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, we, yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, line. that is, all, I just love all of those. Yeah, <laughs> insight on that line. Bogart, he was given a different line, and he didn't like it, and he changed it. And the, he changed it to, you know, here's looking at you, kid. And that line never appears in the script because the line oh. he was given was, here's good luck to you, kid. Oh, and that oh. line, he he dumped that line and just said, here's looking at you, kid. And oh, my said, gosh, I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, well, this is all the little stuff that I have in my book. And it's, uh, you know, and by the way, I, I did use Al Jean Harmitz's book for some of my research. So, oh great, great! Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm going to have to uh, have to take a look at that at that book too. Well, in terms of quotes, I like all of the quotes that that uh, we've heard, but I think we'll always have Paris is mine, probably because I'm such an incurable romantic. And yeah, um, you know, I think that Casablanca has been so popular that it's influenced so many other movies. Tom, do you know how many films have well, being imitated or ripped off. Uh, well, you know, there's classic, been Casablanca. a number of films that were supposed to be the Casablanca or the new Casablanca. Tequila Sunrise was one. Uh, certainly, Play It Again, Sam, Woody Allen's uh, homage to to Bogart. Uh, Carrot Blanca, which was the, the the cartoon, the Bugs Bunny playing oh, uh, yeah. Rick. <laughs> yeah, that oh, was yeah. Okay. You can certainly see uh, aspects of, of Casablanca in Howard Hawks' To Have and Have Not, and uh, Sidney Pollock's Havana, which was with Robert Redfern and Lena Olin. But these are all films that have attempted to t you know, take parts of, of uh, Casablanca. But I think it's more important than just these films is the, the times that Casablanca has been used in other films. Like There's a classic scene in uh, When Harry Met Sally when... Uh, the Billy Crystal character is watching Casablanca on television, and of course uh, uh, the Meg Ryan character is watching uh, 
Casablanca on television, and they're in different hotel rooms, and they're talking on the phone about it. Right. I, I uh, or, or some of the times that people have redone this. I mean, I remember the wonderful scene on uh, Saturday Night Live when uh, Candace Bergman did uh, Ilsa and uh, John Belushi did Rick, and <laughs> that was it was it was hysterical. Uh, so anyway, it's it's appeared in various forms in so many other um, uh, films and 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 uh, you know television programs. Yes, and but I didn't realize uh, some of the things that you you mentioned. I am aware of one that uh, didn't come off too too well, and I'm talking about a film called The Good German, which co-starred two of my favorite actors, uh, George Clooney and Kate Blanchett. And I think the um, director, Steven Soderbergh, mm-hmm. tried to use all of the, you know, just the filmmaking techniques that were available in the 1940s. He made this black and white movie, and then he he tried to use all the, you know, the camera techniques similar to Casablanca, and um, just make the film, you know, look like it. And uh so the only thing it did is while you're watching it, it made you wish that you were watching the real Casablanca <laughs> instead of this one. So it didn't. That one definitely didn't didn't work out. And um, but you know the one that that I thought was was pretty good. I, I'm surprised at this. Um, I'm not a big fan of Pamela Anderson, but there was a sci-fi movie called Barbed Wire that was sort of based yeah. on the Casablanca. Plot and it was pretty good. Uh, did you ever see that one, Tom? No, I'm familiar with it, but I never did actually see it. Uh, you know, I just. Uh, but I have heard that it, it, for one of her works, it's not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was really, really surprised about that. Are you aware, uh, Fausta or Jim, of any um, ripoffs of Casablanca that we haven't mentioned? Played again, Fausta. Yeah. Hello. How about playing it against Sam? Yeah, the, oh, that's the Woody Allen. Yeah, the Woody Allen movie. Right. Oh, that's right. It was mentioned. I'm sorry. That's that one was was mentioned, and that definitely was was a rip off. Any any ones that you can think of, James? Um, I, no, I can't think of any. And uh, to tell you the truth, I have never seen a Pamela Anderson movie. Oh well, there's always a first time, so you can check out, check it out on I on net. I'm not on into Netflix. horror films. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was it was pretty exciting, and it was it was set in the future. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that we can celebrate Casablanca without talking about as time goes by. Oh, I so, love that. Fausta, how important do you think that song was to the success of the film? Oh, absolutely the perfect song for that movie for that movie way beyond what I think they were thinking about at the time. I think at the time they probably thought that it was a you know an appropriate song for it, but I think the permanence of the movie makes the song even more of a good choice. Oh well, yeah, it's just that's a song definitely that stays that stays and with. And speaking it. of as time goes by, the the British series with uh, Judy Dench and um, oh my gosh, uh, whatever the other guy was, that had the title as time goes by, and they they used to play that song too for the theme. Yes, I remember that. I love that yeah. uh, series. It's been 
a lot of time has gone by since I saw that series, so I don't remember the name of the actor, but he was he was good, and Judy is, is always good. So, uh, James, do you have any opinions about that song and uh, its influence uh, as far as the success of Casablanca was concerned? Oh, gosh, I, I think it had a great deal of uh, influence on, on keeping the, the, the film alive. Uh, the song has become a classic, and I'm not sure whether the song was written before Casablanca or for the movie. Tom, maybe you know that. Yeah, it was actually written by, <coughs> excuse me, Herman Hupfeld. <laughs> There's not a mm-hmm. household name there. Yeah, no. In 1961 for the play Everybody's Welcome. And it was kind of a minor hit. Rudy Valley did one version of it and there were others that did. And actually when it was brought into the film Casablanca, <coughs> Max Steiner who wrote and arranged much of the music for the film, he hated that song. He hated As Time Goes By, didn't want to use it, wanted to replace it with his own song. He ultimately had to admit, grudgingly admit, that it worked so well in the context of the film that it stayed. He wanted his own song to be the big hit, and that was, of course, Knock on Wood, which Mm -hmm. was an original song that he wrote. But uh, I think that that song is, without without the film... The song is just another love song. But in the context of the film, I think the song becomes an overpowering leitmotif throughout the film that just really, uh, as has been said before, it really makes the film and the film makes the song. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, uh, I think uh, the AFI uh, <coughs> uh, survey voted it the second greatest movie song of all time. And the only wow. one they put in front of it was uh, Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Uh, well, wow. Well, it deserves. Uh, those, those are two great, great songs for movies. And um, I, I've been neglecting Nikki, so um, she's in the chat room. I think I'm just going to call on Nikki to see if she has any report from the chat room, or if she has some questions about Casablanca for any of our guests. Hi, Nikki. Are you still there? I guess she isn't. Uh, there we might be having some technical problems with uh, with the chat, so so I'm sorry that we weren't able to get uh, Nikki's report. But as I mentioned, um, we have extended the the show, so I want to make sure that uh, each one of you have a chance to add anything else you would like to about Casablanca. Tom, since you're the expert, I'm going to give you the floor now. Well, I just like to say that you know. As a teacher, I showed the movie to my classes for more than 25 years. And I think it's so important to pass on the culture to the younger generation. And that's one of the things I tried to do. I don't think there's any finer study of the American character than the film Casablanca. And uh, hopefully my book, Casablanca Film Trivia, Here's Looking at You, Kid, is one tool that can be used to do to carry on the culture. Uh, you know, in the 70, 70th anniversary, its uh, popularity lives on. And uh, when there's still a, a huge debate about what's the great American novel, if there is such an entity, uh, I don't think there's any debate about the greatest American film. And I think Casablanca fills that bill admirably. So uh, Well well said. Tom, please um, give your website again for people that may have tuned in uh, late and tell tell the website so we can have some of our listeners uh, get a copy of your book. 
Sure, and if they want to even chat with me uh, through through my uh, website and email, I have no, you know, I, I'd love to. Uh, but I, I, I know you have your own chat room going, so that. But anyway, my website is CasablancaTrivia.com, or if you type in CasablancaFilmTrivia.com, they'll both get you to the same place. And it has information about the book and how to order a copy. And if you even Google CasablancaTrivia.com, it will it will come up and take you right to that website. So CasablancaTrivia.com, it's my own website. I've got other things on there about the film uh, besides just the ordering information. And uh, there's uh, samples uh, from the book on the website that people can take a look at. My book is uh, it's 176 pages, 1,130 questions, more than 100 factoids. And it's got a lot of stuff about the film and the history of the film and all aspects of the film that... Uh, you know, lovers of film and film trivia, and especially Casablanca, will hopefully enjoy. It's a wonderful book. So, if you are a Casablanca fan, be sure to take Tom uh, take Tom's uh, offer to go to his web- website and get a copy of the book. And James, do you have anything else you'd like to add about uh, Casablanca? Well, uh, first of all, I want to t- thank Tom for teaching this in class to younger people. I I know some younger friends that I practically have to hold a gun to their head for them to watch a black and white movie. <laughs> and I, I recently had a a friend oh, to watch All About Eve, and I said, sit down and watch this movie. Oh, no, no, I don't want to watch a black and white movie. But he sat down and watched the movie, and of course was enthralled as we got into the movie with the dialogue and everything, which has a brilliant script, just like Casablanca. But I want to thank thank Tom for teaching this to all the kids today so they can see what brilliant filmmaking we had in in the golden age. Yes, and, and, I, and that, I of think course that goes for Casablanca, naturally, but... Yes, I, I I want to thank Tom for that, too, because uh, I, I'm running into the same problem, and uh, it came through loud and clear when uh, the artist came out last year. Yes. And I, of course, finally won the won the Oscar for Best Picture, and I, I just had, you know, blank stares meet me yes. whenever I'd be talked to any member of my family, uh, you know, t- to try to talk them into seeing the artist. Oh, it's black and white. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, oh, it's silent. Yeah. I mean, either one of those seemed to be the kiss of death. I was just yeah. so pleased when when the uh, when the film got uh, recognized. So, so I think we're we're kind of having to really fight that battle for some yeah. of these classic films that are that are black and white. So that's a good point to bring up, James. And oh, Fausta, yeah. anything you'd like to add? Uh, anything else about Casablanca? It's also a movie with a message. Not only about what, uh, not only about love, but a movie about living a life with purpose. Yes, yes, it's uh, there's there's a nobility to the film, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's that's a point uh, to make. And but the best thing about it is, and this is the thing that I always <laughs> look for in a movie. Uh, you want to see it over and over again because yes. it's so darn entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So that shows oh, you I have my my lowbrow taste, I guess, coming in here. And the only thing that would be better is Casablanca as a as a musical. <laughs> well, I think that it's time to wrap things up, and I I want to thank Tom Barnes and 
James Colt Harrison and Fausto Rodriguez words for being such terrific guests again today. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and for featuring this episode as one of today's picks over the past weekend. We really appreciate that. And thanks to uh, Nikki Starr for all her help and to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in today. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I had a great time talking with Tom and James and Fausta, and I hope all three of them will come back again um, and visit Movie Attic headquarters. Uh, will you all do that? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> great, great. And also, please come back next time for a special tribute to George Clooney. We'll be updating what George has been up to lately, as well as revisiting our interview with Kimberly Potts, author of George Clooney, The Last Great Movie Star. It should be another fun show. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So here's Brian Ferry to close our Casablanca celebration with As Time Goes By. Remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man, and man must have his name that no one can deny. It's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time. It's still the same old story I fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time 